it's so good to see the, the affection and the confidence with which the friends of Jesus speak to him. This is what friends do. We tell those we love what's on our heart. We see a side of Jesus in this gospel that we may not be accustomed to. We see the God who weeps for his friends, the one who is proclaiming the one true God, the Christ who is coming into the world. Both of those together. And he is with friends who are comfortable enough to reproach him for being away while Lazarus died. If you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Yet she still believes. How beautiful it is. That's how friends speak to each other, right? Reproach and confidence at the same time. How naturally a heart speaks to a loved one's heart. You can really only open your heart to a friend, to a loved one. Now every bishop, you may know this, has a motto. And it is something that is included whenever he signs a letter, wherever we see his coat of arms. And it's usually something drawn from scripture. For the bishop, St. John Henry Newman, it was cor ad cor locutor, Latin for heart speaks to heart. It's derived from Psalm 15. Lord, who shall be admitted to your presence? He who speaks the truth from his heart. He was convinced that in order to be a Christian, we must speak the truth to God from our heart. We must have that heart-to-heart -heart conversation. This summed up for him what the Christian life ought to be. One heart speaking to another. Friends. Every Christian and God himself. St. Francis de Sales, I think, took this a step further, this phrase. To speak of the importance, and not just the importance, but the necessity of prayer, of conversation, of that heart-to-heart -heart between every Christian and God. He wrote... Do you mark how the silence of afflicted lovers speaks by the apple of their eye and by tears? Eyes speak to eyes and heart to heart, and none understand what passes, save the sacred lovers who speak. Pure poetry. We don't even have to actually say something to our Lord for him to understand the heart, but we ought to go to him. A musician who some of you may know has most recently spoken about this as well and said you say it best when you say nothing at all whether you speak to our Lord or you don't God desires that heart-to-heart -heart conversation with you and I think there's something about tragedy about those times of darkness or depression when we feel far from God, that God can use to draw out this heart-to-heart -heart conversation. Especially in the midst of suffering, of sickness, of death, or despair, or depression, that's when we tell someone what we really think, what's really on our heart. 
So take, for example, someone gets sick or is in hospice. And having had that scare that we may not, might not see them again, they might pass away soon, we finally say what we really think, the things we wish we had said to them. For example, when we are suffering and someone who loves us says that most benign of questions that we probably ask and answer dozens of times a day. They say, how you doing? And rather than simply saying, yeah, pretty good, can't complain, we actually answer the question. We say, you know, I'm not okay. Or, I'm kinda sick and tired of being sick and tired. Or, can we talk? Suffering draws this heart-to-heart -heart conversation out of us, brothers and sisters. Perhaps the death of a loved one breaks down those walls and we finally talk to someone, or at least spend time with them, just spend time in their presence. Sickness and death is something often misunderstood as divine punishment. And I was speaking with Deacon Chad earlier today, and I know Deacon Andy has this experience as well, that probably on a weekly basis, someone asks us this question. Why has God done this to me? What did I do wrong? Why is God punishing me? And that's not what's happening. Although it certainly can seem that way. And I think we've all felt that way. What do we hear in the gospel? This sickness is not until death but it's for the glory of God. God doesn't cause the sickness. He doesn't make the sickness happen in us, but he can use it. Whatever it may be, that sickness, that death, that depression, that darkness, the Lord will use it. The Lord who hung upon a tree to redeem us will use our sufferings to help redeem us enter into conversation with us, to have that heart-to-heart -heart conversation. St. Cyril of Alexandria wrote, just a few centuries after the Lord, he said, it would be silly for us to say that this is just divine punishment. But since it had come, that sickness, he also saw that it would result in a wonderful end. So with Lazarus, since that sickness and that death had come, our Lord said, no, to glorify God. And think about what happens with Lazarus and with Martha and with Mary. The Lord causes them to wait for four days. And perhaps we've been there before. When we're praying to the Lord, we're speaking to the Lord, and it feels like he's ignoring us. Martha and Mary and Lazarus might have despaired that the Lord would come to help them. And yet he does. God doesn't cause it, but he will use it. And if we trust him enough to speak to him, to be honest with him in our conversation with him, to have that daily prayer with him, to invite him into whatever it is we're going through, then I think we'll hear what Lazarus will hear. I have faith that we will hear what Lazarus will hear.
will hear our name spoken by the Lord and will say, come out. It's time to rise out of that darkness, out of that death, out of that depression. Come out and see.